morning, J. Road. Good morning. How we doing? How we doing? Yeah. I can't help but but notice just the just something's happening in J Road. Something about this morning. People are smiling. I've never seen smile before. I'm just trying to figure this out. <laughs> we got to go on more men's retreat or something like that. <laughs> um, but hey, uh, again, we. That men's retreat was great. Um, uh, uh, like Mark said and, and Jim said, you, you guys talked to someone. Uh, talked to someone who was on it. Um, th there's a reason why some of the 32 men you see have a smile on their face or are really uh, just encouraged um, because those 32 men want to make a difference, not just, um, not just for themselves, but for their families, for their wife. Um, for the kids. Uh, I, I know one of the assignments we had to do was write a letter um, and, and read it to our wife. Um, I'm a terrible writer. I read it to my wife last night, um, halfway asleep. Um, I was expecting her to cry. She was like, okay. <laughs> you, you know, I'm just like, oh, dang. <laughs> like, wow, this is the most heartfelt letter I've ever had and got nothing. <laughs> um, but I didn't do it to see her cry. I did it because I, I really want her to know how much I appreciate her. And, and I'm sure those 32 men did the same thing. Um, and, and you don't got to wait for the next men's retreat to do that. Uh, you can do that right now. Um, you can do that after the service um, and just tell your wife you love her. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, so topic tonight, topic tonight, I'm so used to just talking at night for some reason, um, uh, but topic today is, is this word called uh, doubt, okay? Um, doubt stinks, uh, but, can, but it can also be good, right? The d definition that the dictionary gives us about doubt is uh, someone who is uncertain, someone who lacks conviction, right? Someone who needs to be convinced because... Um, just something in their heart and in their mind, they just can't wrap their minds around. Um, they need hard evidence, maybe physical evidence, but it's someone who's just uncertain. Um, but before we continue, let me just pray for us, uh, and then we'll get things going. God, I, I just thank you um, for this morning. I thank you for this weekend. Uh, thank you for... Uh, just being able to speak your word this morning. I just pray for the church right now. Um, I just ask that, God, you will speak to us. Uh, yeah, I'm speaking up here, but I pray you speak to me too. Um, God, I just ask that you will absolutely just, just tear um, all our worldviews apart and, and just put your scripture into us. Show us what your truth is. Show us what it looks like to, to love because that's the way you loved. Show, show us what absolute truth is because of you uh, in your scripture, God. Show us everything about you, the things that we can handle at least. And God, if, if there are 
newcomers coming into this place who, who ha- struggle with doubt, who are uh, doubting you or, or just doubting everything, God, I just ask that you will answer those questions, um, if not today, later. God, I, 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 I got to be selfish, and I just asked uh, for myself, God, that you, you calm my nerves, you calm, um, you allow me just to speak clearly uh, to, to your people. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So doubt sits really closely to my heart. Um, this is something super personal to me. Uh, if you know me, I'm a skeptic at heart. I question a lot of things. Uh, and because I question a lot of things, um, I tend to instigate things. Um, you know, Jim would probably be a, a testament to this. Uh, he'll be talking to someone. I'm like, ooh, you're going to let him say that? You, you know, um, I, I, just, I just question everything. Um, you know, I, I just ask a lot of questions, especially in scripture. I ask, ask a lot of questions. Uh, just because, you know, I wish I could see Jesus physically. I wish I could touch him physically, you know. Um, I'm sure a, a ton of you are just like me who are just like, if I just saw Jesus, then I could believe everything he said. I could do that. Okay. We'll, get, we'll get back to, one, to that one. And secondly, uh, doubt usually has this negative feel to it, right? Um. You're telling someone a story, this epic story, uh, and, and all of a sudden that person responds back, I doubt it. You're lying. Right? How does that make you feel? It makes you feel like, man, I need to show you that it was actually true. I need to show you the evidence. It makes you push harder about the story. But there's a certain downer feel to it when someone says, I doubt it. Um, Thirdly, I, I just think um, around the church, uh, when someone says they doubt, um, I just feel like some people just just won't express their doubt because of what the church might think, right? Um, we see this. I mean, when, if you're if you have kids or if you work with students. And they ask, they ask, is Jesus real and all these things? Like, I feel like I'm starting to question my faith immediately. I'm sure as leaders, as parents, you put up a flag like, oh, my gosh, my kid might not love Jesus, right? Um, so there's that negative feel. There's that uh, stigma to it that we can't express our doubt. Um, but can I tell you something that all over Scripture, it's all there? There are people who physically saw Jesus, physically put their hand in his body through the holes of, of, of his hands, and, and, and yet they still doubted. But look, after the resurrection in Matthew 28, 17, there are disciples worshiping the Lord because they saw his resurrected body. They saw this man, okay, who was claiming to be God uh, rise from the dead, and they are literally looking at him, and they say, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but look, some doubted, but some doubted. They worshiped him, but some doubted that Jesus actually was telling the truth that Jesus was going to erase from the grave. 
They physically saw him, and yet they still doubted. I mean, if I saw Jesus, I think that all my doubts would go away. But based on this scripture, um, based on how some people were responding, uh, maybe I, would, I wouldn't. Uh, maybe I still would have my doubts, even if I saw Jesus physically. Uh, do, do you know that other world religions believe Jesus was actually a man? <laughs> they believe that he was actually a physical being. I mean, and here in Christianity, we believe he was an actual physical being. And so to think that Jesus, if we saw him physically, to think that all our doubts would go away would kind of be a lie. Um, another person in, in Mark 9, 21, starting in 21, they're just father who had a child who, um, who was just demon-possessed. Right? There was a father who had a child that was demon-possessed. Um, and, and from birth, from childhood, this father has been trying to figure ways out as to how he could help his child who was uh, demon-possessed. And this demon would convulse him and all these things. And starting in verse 21, Mark 9, 21, it says this. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Uh, and it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Man, I believe. Help my unbelief. Guys, I need you to know something. That Jesus cares about your doubts. That he cares about your unbelief. He cares about that stuff. He wants to answer your questions. He wants to answer the hard questions. I know some of you are in here are asking, is Jesus the only way? Is that really true? There are a lot of good people that are going to hell. How can God send some good person to hell? You stack that good person to a perfect God, you tell me who's good. Your questions can be the biggest push to your relationship with Jesus. It could be the biggest strength. Your doubt can be the biggest strength into your relationship with Jesus. If I did not have doubt and if I did not seek answers to those doubts, my faith, I'm not saying it's the best. I'm not saying it's the strongest, okay. But I'm pretty sure there's nothing in this world that's going to take me away from Jesus. Why? Because it, personally, I put in the work. I asked the questions. I did the research. I looked into the scriptures. One more story. 
one of the 12, I'm sure we already know, one of the 12 disciples, um, the guy who saw everything about Jesus, um, the guy who followed Jesus, the guy who saw all the fish fall into a net, the guy who saw Jesus healing people um, time and time and time again. People, uh, he saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, all right. He saw all, most of the miracles of Jesus, saw water turn into wine. He saw all these things, and yet he doubted. Thomas, right? Thomas, the guy, uh, Jesus probably literally spit on Thomas just because he was so close to him, right? He could feel his breath, right? Physically right in front of him, probably slept on the same floor as him. Thomas, the guy who Jesus washed his feet. If Thomas was sick, I'm pretty sure Jesus was his homeboy and healed him right then and there. Never experienced the flu, whatever other stuff that could happen. Okay? We're talking about one of the 12, and, and, and here's his story. Now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin was not with them when Jesus came. This is after Jesus died. This is when he rose again, and the disciples are running, uh, are, are, are telling people, like, hey, we saw Jesus, we saw Jesus. And now Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was uh, not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord but he said to them, but Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. This, this, this dude was as close to Jesus as we, as close as he can be to Jesus uh, physically. And here's where he says, unless I actually physically touch him, physically put my hand in his rib cage area, if I put my fingers in through his wrist where the holes are, um, I won't believe. I won't believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. All of the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Jesus cares about our unbelief, right? And Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, and put your hand and place it by my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him. He said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Jesus cares so much about your doubts. He cares about your questions. He wants to answer those things. Right? Answers like, just, is creation real? No, is, is the afterlife real? Is all this stuff real? What is the meaning of life? Jesus wants to answer those things. He cares about those things. He cares about the questions that you have. Um, my, my wife it got accepted into nursing school. Um, 
And, uh, you know, lately we have been, you know, getting all her nursing stuff started, getting her scrubs. I'm trying to take pictures. You know, I, I could not take one good one. <laughs> uh, and, and so she ordered these uh, pants. I don't know. Pant scrubs? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Pant scrubs. <laughs> I don't know. I just say pants, right? Uh, she got them from this website. And uh, we probably ordered them like last week. It takes probably seven days. Right, something like that. Um, and so the first day, um, you know, she, she, she expresses her frustrations a lot more than I do. Um, and so, you know, first day we get the tracking number. Uh, second day, um, you know, we're, we're, you're putting the tracking number into whatever system you got to put it into to see where it is, right, if they got all that stuff. Uh, third and fourth day, you're just... We're putting it in. She's putting it in. And she's starting to get anxious and, and starting to doubt, like, huh, is it really going to come? Uh, is, it, is, is this thing coming? Fifth day rolls around, same question. Sixth day, she's like, we're starting to prepare. Like, dang, we got to get scrubs from uh, the, the school or something, even if they look fugly, right? Um, all right, we got to get these things. And, and yet, we're, but despite all that, right, despite all that, we're still tracking this thing. We're still tracking these stupid pants, right? Um, uh, we're, we're still tracking them, and we're wondering, man, is this really going to come? Uh, Six-day rolls around, went full-blown. We got to get, get extra scrubs. We got to get them. And in the meanwhile, we're tracking this thing, and it's saying it's in Illinois. It's on its way. Uh, yesterday comes around. It's finally there, <laughs> right? It's finally there. But in the meantime, in those seven days, what did we do? We did not just sit there, okay? We did not just sit there in our doubt. We did not just uh, wonder, oh, okay, I wonder if those, are ever gonna, those pants are ever going to come. They said seven days, so I'm just going to stay here. No, they gave you all the instruments you need to figure out where the pants are, where the pants are, when they're coming, right, and, and to trust that. And so um, in the same way, Jesus gives that us those tracking numbers, Right? You have uh, questions to your faith. You have questions uh, about Jesus, uh, questions about eternity, questions about hell, heaven, healing, all those things. Jesus gives us a tracking number through his word. We have those answers. Okay? They might not arrive at the time you want them to arrive, but they're going to arrive. Your doubts have answers. Your doubts can be the greatest strength to your relationship with Jesus. It can push you to be a better father, a better follower, a better husband, right? a, a better wife, a better leader. It can push you to be those things. Doubt is okay. It is not sinful. We see it all over scripture. The closest people to Jesus doubted him time and time again. And Jesus kept giving them answers. He kept proving them wrong. Jesus will answer your doubts. He cares about you your unbelief. Don't get this twisted. He cares. Time and time again, he will answer your questions. I ask God, what career do you want me to do? I got a 1.7 GPA in high school. There ain't no way I'm going to Stanford or a community college. Right? That's why you see misspelled words. I don't proof things. All right, then let's just be, let's just, I'll be honest. Uh, I just trust my knowledge and look where my knowledge is taking me. Mitch Chin's trip, right? If you saw that, I was like, dang it. Partnership is spelled wrong. 
<laughs> you know? But God answered those questions. God loves to answer questions. Doubt is okay. It's not sinful. All right? With doubt being your greatest strength, it can also be a weakness. Okay? Doubt can be healthy or unhealthy. It's all how you deal with this. Um, we see how the father did. He literally approached Jesus and said, help my unbelief. Help it. He literally approached Thomas and said, put your finger right here. Put your finger right here. I'll help you. So there are unhealthy ways to deal without and healthy ways to deal without. So let's go with the unhealthy ways to look at doubt. Right? Um, first thing, unhealthy way, uh, there should be a checklist on there, uh, is, is apathy. Um, men's retreat, this should be pretty close to, to us. Um, it, it is, apathy is a sort of being passive, being lazy. Um, right? When you have a question, Jesus, uh, do you actually really love me? Jesus, are you actually real? Jesus, did you actually create the earth? Okay. Um, th th those are some solid questions. Jesus, are you literally the only way? How are the, all the other religions wrong? Right. If you have those questions, don't be apathetic towards that. Search for it. Look for the answers. Look in God's word. If, if you believe that Jesus is the only way, make that your absolute truth and make that your filter and filter through all your questions through that thing. But if you have these questions and you, you do nothing about it, your doubt is your greatest weakness to seeing what God can do. Your doubt is, can be your greatest weakness for God to use you. Your doubt could be the greatest weakness to make you a terrible father, a terrible husband, a terrible, just a terrible person altogether. Right? If we don't do nothing about it. Second trait. And the thing is, if you doubt and don't want to, not putting in the work to, to know the answer, why should Jesus answer anyway? You're not willing to put the work. You don't really care about the answer if you're not seeking it. So why should he give you the answer? Secondly, um, your intentions. Right? You, you ever just argue with someone, no matter what, they will argue the wrong answer? <laughs> right? There are some people who will ask questions about Christianity, who will ask you, how do you know that Jesus is the only way? And you will give them all the evidence, my life, my story, my parents, right? God's word. And guess what? They're like, that's not enough. That's not enough. Right? That's, she's the only one that laughed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks, boo. Um, but, right? Um, there are people who have doubts, and it doesn't matter what Jesus says. They're always going to argue the other side. That's an unhealthy way to deal with your doubt. When you come with it, with answers of your own already, not being open-hearted. Um, we see this all over Scripture, too. Um, when Jesus was walking on this earth, we, 
we see the leaders, the religious leaders asking Jesus questions of, um, you know, how can, you know, who do, who do you give your taxes to, Caesar or to whoever? Jesus answers those questions. Um, they constantly try to trick him. And there are going to be people in our lives who will deal, uh, or doubtful people, I hope they're not in here, um, that are just trying to mess us up. <laughs> right? That's an unhealthy way to deal with doubt. Your, your, your intentions have to be right. Thirdly, um, good people, right? Let me explain this a little more. Uh, I know a lot of good people. I'm sure you know a lot of good people, um, okay, from other religions uh, and all these things. Um, okay, recently I've just been talking with someone, and, and, and he's just been asking a question, man. Uh, th these Mormon people are so nice, so nice. H how can God send them to hell? How can God send them to hell? Like I said, you put that good person, stack them up against a perfect God, you will see who's good. Right? Um, good people are a bad measure to your doubt. Um, okay. And, and here's another thing. If you put that good person against a Christian who just became a believer, that's a bad comparison. There are a ton of messed up people in this room who have been saved by grace. Do you know that's the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of Christianity, that it wants to take bad people in so they could go to heaven? Do you realize that? That good people is a bad bad litmus test to, to your doubt because there are a ton of good people and comparing them to grace filled people is not fair that's the beauty of grace it keeps saving and saving and saving it keeps forgiving and forgiving and forgiving I make constant mistakes all the time right we were playing archery tag yesterday um we're straight up just shooting each other in arrows with arrows, and 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 I had Miles across from me, a dude named Miles across from me, um, Miles Bertorf, and at first he shot me, it hit my pinky. I said, "I'm not out," <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and if that's the measure that that you're you're gonna base if God is real on, I'm a terrible measure. I went to him after and I said, man, please forgive me. Um, that's just competitiveness getting in the way. Um, I did hit someone else. That was really cool. But, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't count. Um, but, you know, that, that's good people versus grace-filled people. That's, that's a bad measure. Um, okay, again, good people stacked up against God. You, you will see that God is the ultimate good and the only one that's good. Romans 3.10 says that there's no one good, no, not one, but God. Um, <clears throat> next test. Um, well, actually, I thought I had it, but it should be up there. Um, 
Do I have it up there, Josh? I'm so sorry. I wrote, yeah, your feelings. There we go. <laughs> Whoa, that page is gone. That's crazy. Okay. I remember as it though. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, your feelings. Your feelings are a terrible way to answer your doubts. Um, it's terrible. Uh, how many times do your feelings change? They change constantly. Imagine we had a leadership based on how we feel. We would run you guys to the ground. Right? We would have bought a church that cost us $10 million rather than 50. Right? If we based it off all on feel. Your feelings can't give you the answers to questions that only Jesus can answer. We, we, we see this all over culture. We base our truths on culture. We base our truths on someone's feelings. And then all this other stuff comes up. All this other mess comes up, right? I feel that I am a woman. No. I feel that I am a man. I, f I feel these things. But according to scripture, right, your body part tells you who you are. Your feelings cannot tell you the truth that Jesus can. It's a bad way to deal with your doubt. It's an unhealthy way to deal with your doubt. There's going to come a time when your feelings are scripture-filled, and then you can trust those things. Jeremiah says this, uh, that the heart is deceitful above all things. It's deceitful. Who can understand it? So your feelings are a bad way to deal with your unhealthy doubt. Um, so let, let's get to the healthy ways to deal with doubt. Um, the healthy ways to deal with your doubt um, is simply seeking those answers in Scripture. If you love Jesus... If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have accepted his death and resurrection, his life, death, and resurrection, your filter, the thing you base your truth on, should go through Scripture. If you have doubts and all those things, go through Scripture first. See what Jesus says about things. And if it's still unclear, right, second thing, go to a good source. There are good sources all around there are good men and women who have struggled with questions. There are books. There are all these instruments and tools that you could read and listen to. There are men in this room who are a lot smarter than you, and they can answer those questions. And here's the thing. We could give you all the answers in the world, but until you actually go through something, right, through a trial or, or some sort of family death, those scriptures come alive more than ever. I could tell you this all day, right, that in trials, Jesus is there for you. But if you're not in a trial, that truth does not hit as hard as when you are in that trial and Jesus is literally there for you constantly and constantly, right? My wife and I, we drove uh, like 40 hours in total uh, over Christmas 
vacation. After the 40 hours, we pull up to the front of Justin Thornton's house, uh, and the car absolutely dies. You know? But I had to constantly remind myself, my wife and I honestly had to continue to remind ourselves that God did not fall from his throne. That God is still good. That in trial and error, this does not, this is nothing in comparison to eternity. That God is testing our faith. He's probably watching us and wondering how we're going to react. Are we going to run away from him or are we going to draw closer to him and stick close to him? And are we going to pray to him? Are we going to love him? Are we going to work harder and harder and harder for him? Go to a good source. Memorize scripture. It's a good way to deal with your doubt. College kids in particular, you know, uh, I went to a Christian college, and you would think, like, they would teach all these things, but there are a ton of unsaved people in a Christian college. And they cause you to doubt. They challenge you. All these things, just because it's in a Christian college does not mean it's also a good source. But it's, it's a start. But, again, bring it back to Scripture. Seek those answers back to Scripture. Take your good sources as answers back Scripture. Thirdly, uh, pray and ask Jesus. This one's super simple. Pray and ask Jesus. In Matthew 7, uh, uh, verse 7, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. That is a straight promise. You got questions? Jesus will answer them. Okay? He'll answer them. You got to keep bugging them. Lastly, um, Find a church that teaches the Bible. Here's why I say that. Um, when I was starting school, and I started in college, um, learning more and more about Jesus, where my, my theology, my belief of God was getting shaped and shaped and shaped uh, through Scripture. And I started to understand what the gospel was really for. It was not to make me rich. It was not to make me a ton of money, right? Um, I started to go away from the church I grew up in very, very slowly. Um, where I had to call out the leadership and said, I don't think you're preaching the gospel. So I left. Um, so I started seeking. I, I was all alone, <laughs> All alone looking for a church. I sat like a weirdo in the back. <laughs> I'm not saying you're weird if you're in the back. Okay? <laughs> um, not, not saying that. But you, I, I get how you feel if you're in here with no family, if you're in here with no friends, and you're, you're really trying to search out your faith and you're trying uh, to really follow Jesus. It, it's hard in the beginning. I sat in a room of 2,000 Christians and I did not know one. But the more and more I got plugged in, um, I started to know more people. I started to know more people. I started to serve. I met my wife that way. You know? So find a church that preaches good Bible theology about Jesus. That they will tell you the truth. That they will deal with the hard stuff and yet follow the truth. Despite feeling, despite culture, 
find a good, God-believing, Bible-believing church. Um, and for you parents, uh, you guys might be here, right? Uh, and, and your kids are going to go. They might move away from you. Um, most likely will. And they might not go to the same church you do. So you could start instilling that in them and say, hey, make sure these are the guidelines. Give them some guidelines. Show them what, what they got to look for. So healthy ways to deal with your doubt is seeking those answers. Go to a source. Pray and ask Jesus because he's going to answer. And just find a good Bible-believing community. Um, lastly, uh, I have a ton of questions still. You know, um, this, I just want to know more. Uh, this is a personal thing. Um, I, I told Floyd, I told, I think I told my wife, uh, I want to know more about world religions. Uh, I want to know more about what they believe. And, and that's because I, I, I talk with people about in, in other religions and they have such questions. I, I want to know what they're struggling with. Um, you know, and so um, there are just certain things that I just, in my doubt, I, I just want to know more and more and more. But I know in searching and, and filtering through scripture, there are some questions that are too big for me that I cannot handle uh, that God will keep a secret. Um, you know, what if God gave you everything you ever needed all in one shot? What if you gave your kids Everything you needed all in one shot. How do you think they would handle it? You know, uh, um, JD, my nephew, uh, my goal is to gradually give him Legos. Right? I got a ton of Legos. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and if I gave him all in one shot, I know this dude is going to lose every single little Lego head. It's going to be on the floor. It's going to be outside. It's gonna, he's just not going to take care of it. Right? So for me to give him everything he, I want to give him uh, would be pretty irresponsible. In the same way, that, that's, that's what God does for us. Those answers, he doesn't give us the full thing because we might not be able to handle it. But he does keep some things that are a secret. And in Deuteronomy 29, it says this, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but things that are revealed belong to us, to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. There are secret things that will belong to the Lord that might not be answered in this lifetime. That might be answered in heaven, but once we're in heaven, I don't think we're going to have any doubts. That's the last thing we're going to have. We're probably just going to be praising Jesus, doing the stuff that he promised that we would be doing somehow. Uh, but I'm just saying there are certain things that are just secrets to the Lord, and it's better kept that way. And you have to be okay with that. There are some doubts. Yes, Jesus will help and believe, uh, help you believe and answer, but there are some things that he's just not going to answer. Not in this lifetime, at least. Um, and you want, I just want to read one more scripture here. Um, what if I am wrong? What if we're all wrong? What if the gospel is absolutely wrong and we have been doing all this for no reason? If I'm doing all this and it has made me a better husband, a better future father, a better youth pastor, a better shepherd, a better 
That's a better person altogether. I wouldn't trade that. (laughs) But I'm not willing to risk eternity here. Just because I have some doubts. And here's what Apostle Paul says. Apostle Paul says this, and if Christ has not been raised, if he was an absolute liar, a lunatic, if he was crazy, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. But who cares? We're going to be dead. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Whatever. And if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. What Apostle Paul is saying, look, if, if we were wrong all, all along, whatever, we're going to perish, be pitied. But if you lived a life that honored people, loved people, changed the community, right? If loving the loving Jesus part was not true, why would you live life in any other way? But Apostle Paul goes on and says, dude, this is real. Jesus showed up to... 500 people when he rose from the dead. It's all, all evidence all over scripture. Your doubt can be the greatest weapon in your relationship. Tim Keller says something like this. Uh, faith without doubt is like a body without antibodies. So let, let me explain that. Faith without, um, faith without doubt is like a, a car with no wheels. You can't move forward. Right? Having doubt makes you own your faith. Having doubt makes you own your relationship with Jesus. It's good. It can be good. It could be used for more good than you possibly can ever imagine. It can be your greatest strength that Jesus uses. Let's pray. God, you're good. You're so, so good. God, you're loving. You give life. You care about us. Um, You have emotions. You know everything that we're going through, all our thoughts, all our struggles, all our secret sins that you want to just get rid of. You know all our doubts. You know all our questions. And God, you want to help us with those things. And then it's the beauty of serving you. God, if there's one thing we leave today with, that we hold on to this absolute truth that you sent your son for us so that when we die, can be with you into eternity. God, there are so many absolute truths within your scripture. God, I, I pray in, if some of us are doubting here, that you in your steadfast love, you give us life. That we may keep the testimonies of your mouth. God, you help us understand your, your thoughts, the way you think, uh, the way, uh, just the way life is supposed to be. And, and, and this, not what culture tells me, not what um, possibly good people tell me, but what you tell me.
God, I pray we take ownership of our faith. I pray we seriously take ownership of our faith and we just don't use this as some insurance policy. God, may you help our unbelief. May you help our unbelief as as we have questions because we're always going to have questions. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.